0: G'day everyone, welcome back to The Extras,
1: my name is Jack. And I'm Raj everyone, thanks for tuning in, great to be here. Wonderful to be with you, we've had an exciting start to the year, we've had questions coming in, we've had the word being preached on Sundays, we're in the middle of Vision Month, it's this really exciting time across St Paul's as we think about the next chapter, what we would love and pray to see God doing uh, in our church for this year and beyond. Yeah. How are you feeling after a few weeks of this Raj?
0: Look, it's been fantastic, it's exhausting but it's wonderful. (laughs) Um, you only and had to
1: preach, what, three sermons on this Sunday, I this guy? I look was sleeping. <laughs> I didn't have
0: early morning I? jokes. Mm. Um, but I I have loved it, and, and we've still got a number of weeks to go. And so encouraging to see the enthusiasm of so many across St. Paul's for the next chapter. And uh, in staff meeting, we're just sharing with the, the number of people saying they want to be involved in different ways. And if you're listening in and you haven't said that, and that's you as well, we, we, we'd love to hear from you there is... So much
1: opportunity on our doorstep, as we've been
0: talking about, and we want to be um, under the Lord, reaching as many as possible. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. This last Sunday just gone uh, remind us those who may need a refresher what were we looking at in particular on week three of Vision Month.
0: Well, I could ask you that too, Jack, because you were preaching at morning church. We're doing the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but look, I'll just have a brief <laughs> stab. I'll give you a moment to think about it. So. But but really, Acts six propelled by the gospel, mm. um, and we just see a, a couple of different things that 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 is so powerful. Um, the language we've picked up on in our you know draft mission statement, captivated by Jesus our saving Lord. Mm. We see in Acts six they're propelled by the gospel. That means they keep reorganizing the church and taking opportunities um, to help people know Jesus. Yeah. And and. Stephen, in his case, that happened at incredible cost. It's something that happens individually and corporately. Yeah. And we picked that up on Act 6, but, but really it's all through Acts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. N- nothing, not much to add. Uh, there are questions though. We've had uh, questions texted in, which is great. We're always really keen to see what you all are thinking and the questions, these are things all raise for you. So we're going to get into it and tackle them. First one, a question, um, maybe not particularly about Act, Act 6, but someone has texted in something, I guess, with a bit of sensitivity here. Someone's asked Raj... Why are you always comparing our performance in sort of trivial questions to other parishes' performances? I guess someone perhaps picking up on (laughs) uh, perhaps a characteristic of your preaching. Yeah, would you like to say that? Look,
0: um, I am, sorry if there's sensitivity behind this question, there probably is, I I apologize. It's just a bit of fun and (laughs) um, I I mean nothing more than than that.
1: Yeah, good to clarify, but yeah, uh, thank you. Um, All right, into act six proper. Someone's uh, picked up on the really interesting little detail—the end of Acts chapter six, where the Sanhedrin, who've been grilling Stephen, are sitting watching him, and it says they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And someone's asking, what, "What's going on there? You know, and particularly—is that a scary angel or a messenger from God? Angel? Yeah. What did? What did you think they saw?
0: Um, thank you for this question. I—I I think I have assumed that it's a messenger-from-God type angel Mm. um, because, so verse 15, Acts chapter 6, all who were, well, you just read it, sorry. Yeah. um, Because it then goes on and it talks about Stephen. Uh, In fact, it already has talked about Stephen as one earlier on who, um, verse 8, a man full of God's grace and power performed great wonders and signs among the people. And then chapter 7, of course, goes on and, you know, so, so... Compelled to see a gospel going forth, that he makes this incredible speech to the Sanhedrin for which he's stoned to death. Mm. So, I think because of that context, I have assumed that the reference in verse 15 is to Stephen having the face of an angel, i.e., messenger from God. It's a positive mm. reference, it's not a scary reference. Yeah. Um, do you have thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple. Um, I think that's, that's a helpful start. I mean, one thing to say is. Um, uh, a, to, to channel one of the phrases I used in my talk um, por que lo nos dos, uh, you know, why not both um, I think that one of the things you consistently see in the Bible is that angels are scary and every time a messenger from God comes along um, the first thing an angel almost always says, says to someone is don't be afraid, do not fear um, which I find interesting I think that angels are not like these, these you know, horrifying horror movie creatures that scare people in that sense but they always seem to carry this overwhelming sense of holiness and the presence of God and that is always a confronting thing, so that um, falling down on your face before an angel seems to be the natural response. So, I mean, just in the question, I don't think the two things are necessarily kind of um, mutually exclusive, I guess. Um, I, As I did a bit of work on this, I wonder if it's a, kind of a pointer back to something in the Old Testament as well. In Exodus 34, when Moses comes down from Mount Sinai after getting the, the tablets of the law, it talks about how his, his face was radiant uh, because he'd been speaking with the Lord. And it's interesting details like you know the Moses has to put a veil on his face because the um, the people are in some way sort of you know a little bit unsettled by like Moses is kind of glowing having been in the presence of God. I wonder if it's that kind of like I wonder if that's the thing that might be in mind in Acts as well that Stephen is someone who's sort of channeling God and seems to reflect that in some way that's uh, that's confronting that uh, is unsettling for people. That's that's one of the references that I think it might have in mind. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, interesting little detail. Yeah. Anyway. We'll keep pressing on. Someone's asked, "How does feeding widows work towards the gospel moving forward?":
0: Yeah, thank you. This is an excellent question. Um, you know, we are saved by grace, and when we're saved, we become part of the body of believers. And interestingly in the Bible there are certain responsibilities that the body of believers have to one another. Mm. And so 1 John for example many places but 1 John constantly is talking about the importance of loving brothers and sisters. Yeah. And as it drills down into this level of detail we see things like this that the feeding of widows in the Christian community are is a priority. Mm. They've lost their husbands and that in, in that day and age that meant the you know, ability to care for themselves, and so so brothers and sisters in Christ need to love and care for one another, particularly those who don't have the ability to do so for themselves. Yeah, and that actually is being part of that is part of the gospel moving forward. Mm. As um, you know, one one Peter two, I think it is, just talks about pagans looking at the behaviour of Christians that is yeah. in such contrast. Um, to the world and, and that being one of a catalyst for them to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Saviour in mm-hmm. this world or the world to come. Um and, and so that is that is very much part of it. Yeah. The gospel going forward. It, mm. it's not just as simple as I mean it, it is, you know, mission we talk about our five M's, mission is this point of coming to faith in Jesus. Yeah. But then even in our framework we, we go further, membership, mm-hmm. maturity. Ministry, so, so all of these are part of a Christian life that must yeah. keep going, mm. and the apostles, the leaders' responsibility it is for all of those things, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's it's, it's great you preached on this too, Jack. So, did you want to add to that? I feel like I should be asking you all these right. questions. We've
1: been asking each other, that. that's good, yeah. I think that, uh, I think the way it's set up in Act, Act 6 is that this is a problem that had the potential to derail the mission of the gospel, and I think the way that Luke, who wrote Acts, frames the episode is meant to tell you that so you know i think we both highlighted in our talks all the way through acts you have this refrain of you know there were three thousand there were five thousand the number of brothers and sisters was growing you see this like growth 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 all the way through the first few chapters and then chapter six in those days when the number of disciples was increasing there's a complaint there's a problem yeah and it's only the end of this little section in verse seven after the apostles go through the work of appointing stephen and the seven uh, actually dealing with the issue then verse 7 so the word of god spread i think the way we must take that is that because the apostles and the church sorted out this issue the gospel could keep on spreading and i think the implication is that if they hadn't then there's a problem uh you know and it makes sense you have this community of people who are meant to love each other and if they don't then that's gonna derail this community strife in the community you know people are not going to be able to get on with the mission because they're squabbling and fighting and complaining against each other you can see how all those things can contribute together to derail the mission so absolutely us looking after the vulnerable in our community i mean that's good in and of itself that's us loving each other loving people who are made in the image of god that's good and it's also good because it uh, enables us to get on with the work of seeing the gospel and move forward so i think that's how it's meant to work in the in the acts context anyway yeah so you're
0: so you're saying two things so one is the the work of the widows being fed but the other element is the um the potential for schism here mm. among two groups consuming their energy taking their way off the main game yeah exactly yeah.
1: thanks Jack. yeah we'll keep going uh, someone else has texted in a, a quite a long question about i guess the role of uh, pastors and ministers in the in the congregation particularly um yeah really helpful comment i won't read all of it but uh, i think the the thrust of it is here's someone who's uh, saying that surely biblically the the way that uh, a pastor is meant to work is by being intricately involved in the life of his flock uh so spending time with the uh, the people of his church uh, and maybe to put a a point in about the question finishes um you know if a leader doesn't spend time individually with the people in church how will the minister be able to pray for his flock if he doesn't even spend time with them what would you have to say there raj
0: yeah um look thank you for the person who has put this in and and there is so much here that is just you know, wonderful about the role of a leader of God's flock. And I love so much of this. Um, in fact, I love everything it says here. And when it comes to praying, I, just speaking personally, for you remember, i don't come back to the Bible. But I, I do try to pray for people. And sometimes it's the case I know people well. Mm. Um, other times it's the case I know people less well. And other times it's the case, it's a name on a page. That's yeah. the size of a church like St. Paul's, but even in my previous church that was smaller, um, and my other, every church I've been at, churches of different sizes. Mm. Is, um, even small churches, you the reality is you know people in different ways. Um, now, the Apostle Paul, when he prays in many places, um, he prays for churches generically and corporately and he travels from place to place, he's met people once Mm. or twice and and you know, he he loves them deeply and at the same time he's propelled to keep going on and having a broader impact for the gospel. Yeah. So there is a balancing kind of thing to do. I personally I one of my own griefs, I'd love to know everyone in some detail. That's Mm. why term two last year Nicole had and I had coffee and dessert nights, invited people around and so on. Um we were going to have more, but you know, lockdown had other ideas.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, so every time I meet people, I, 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 I love that. And there is a reality. This is why, as a church community, I think the the work involved here of supporting one another and caring for one another, it must be spread broader. Yeah. That's really important. Mm. And that's why we have growth groups. Yeah. You know, and we're delighted we have some healing growth groups. It is in those groups where we're wrestling together Regularly praying week in week out, mm. um, that people are, are able to share to the extent they're comfortable and pray for one another in those contexts. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't preclude anyone else from praying. Mm. I know you do, Jack. I do, and a staff team we do, and so on. But yeah. There, there's some reflections.
1: Yeah, I think it's very really helpful, and I think it's right to acknowledge there's there is kind of grief and there can be pain in this question if you have been part of a small church where you have this really intimate relationship as a really close family and. To come to uh, and to uh, in a church that is growing i mean one of the things that we experience is this grief of a little more distance i think it's right to acknowledge that, that there is yeah. there is pain there but that's what happens when more and more people get to come to meet christ and become part of church and again like act six is growth is wonderful and it brings pain and challenges and then the church works out how can we together meet these needs so yeah i mean i i love praying for the people of St. Paul's and, and there's many people who I do know well and it's a joy to pray for them and I don't know everyone like similar to you and but it's worth saying like there's nothing magic about my prayers like you know I'm just uh, another sinner trying to follow Jesus and it's not like I have any special access to the ear of God just because I'm a pastor um, to have a whole church of people who um, there'll be people you know closely yeah the people who you know closely pray together pray for each other like that's a wonderful thing to do as well as you've been saying Yeah, yeah yeah Hope there's some helpful thoughts for you there.
0: Yeah, um, Jack. I might throw this next question to you if I may. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do the question is how do I grow a passion for the lost that manifests practically when I feel sapped of energy from work and family commitments?
1: Yeah, wonderful question, and one that's just so important for us as we think about how the rubber hits the road in all of this. Um, I mean, how to grow passion for the lost, uh, whatever it is that's going on, I think the answer to that is to keep coming back to the fountain of that passion, which is the gospel. It is reflecting on just how much Jesus has done for us, uh, though we didn't deserve it, uh, that he would lay down his life, that we might live, and invites us to be part of seeing other people come to be a part of that. Like, that's that's where the passion grows from. How does that translate into real life? Like, yes, like, I feel, I feel this question particularly acutely with a, a newborn baby in our household. I'd sound from energy from work and family commitments is that's that's kind of my life at the moment as well man and, and I, yeah I do feel the pain um I mean part of it I think is thinking about uh, even in the midst of those work and family commitments how does the gospel and the passion for the lost drive us in those um it may be that for you in your work among people who don't know Jesus or in your family people who don't know Jesus there's plenty of opportunities right there for you to be um, showing the love of Jesus to them and seeking opportunities to uh, to share the gospel and witness in that kind of space. Um, I think it's also worth saying it's not like an all or nothing thing. It's not like the options are either you have zero care about the gospel and never do anything, or you just kind of drop everything and you know leave your nets behind and go and become the kind of full time paid gospel worker. Like um, in the midst of busy life, uh, what are the, the little? What's the one step? You know, what's the one little thing? If you are propelled by the gospel in the midst of everything else that's going on, what's the, the one next little conversation to have with one person? I think yeah, starting small, I guess is what I'm saying yeah yeah what would you want to add uh, I think I think you've really
0: summed it up quite well. looked to the cross mm. I just I constantly find inspiration when i 'm tired, um, just reflecting on what Jesus must have gone through so that, that's part a but but also in this world. Um, I think this is why God's given us patterns of rest. Mm. You know, sometimes we do need to review those things. Um, it, it may not be popular to say, but work sometimes. I, I think I do. Just want to encourage people that maybe they need to reconsider their work. Yeah. You know, and and work out the work life balance a bit more.
1: Yeah, it's a question of priorities. Um, yeah, you know, it may the the particular sapping of the energy you know, that those work and family commitments have, like, are those the right work and family commitments? Like, there's some non-negotiables in that, but sometimes there may be things we need to reevaluate.
0: And And then other times, and and this may be one of these times, there's
1: seasons. Mm.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the day family's in a season at the moment, (laughs) young Max and sleeping and so on. Yeah. But I also think it's true, you look at work and family in the COVID lockdown environment. And for everyone that's been far more energy sapping than usual as we've had to relearn, you know, we're all over Zoom and all of this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, that time will pass and hopefully it's not too much longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. All right. We'll keep going. Uh, Someone texted in, another great question. St. Paul's puts a fabulous emphasis on evangelism and growth in faith and numbers. Where do you feel caring for widows, as in nurturing and caring for those in need, is placed in importance? Could we do more?
0: Yeah, thank you for this question. Um, I, I think, yes, of course we can do more, and we can do more on all of the above. Mm. And I think um, the w- where does caring for widows, so the context of Act 6, it's really talking about caring for widows in the Christian community. Mm. We can make that broader in, in love, as one John, for example, does, and yeah. I, you know, John as well. Um, and I also just—I think it was sermon a week ago—just made the comment: Jesus, so example, Luke nineteen, parable of the good Samaritan. I think even just, you know, starts to apply that more broadly—the mm. um, concept of love even to those in the world who are not part of a Christian community yet.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and yet, the emphasis on the Bible does seem to be that caring for those in need in the Christian community. Mm. Um, now, my observation at St Paul's is I think, I have no doubt there's people we, we, we need to do better with and over COVID. But, you know, I just heard incredible stories of care mm. over that COVID time of people, North Rocks, sending out care packs to people. and yeah. You know, all kinds of things going on. And um, hearing free coffee and dessert nights, just, just the, the practical care of people for one another, mm. I actually thought was, was very strong. I'm sure there's gaps, and I want us to do better. Yeah. Um, and and but I also say that about evangelism mm-hmm. and growth in faith. Yes, I think we can do better.
1: Yeah, I and think I, if you yeah, yeah I want to yeah. say that too yeah if you think that, well like we're killing it on evangelism but we really need to care like I think they're everywhere where we we want to keep growing yeah yeah,
0: mm. yeah. and um so at the moment yeah sure the last few weeks as we reset our vision and so mm. on we are you know we have. Reorganized ourselves into the, the 5M framework, um, and we never before as a church have had more resources deployed in that mission space. Mm. Um, and it's also worth saying that mission space applies locally and globally. Yeah, and I think we can do better on a number of fronts, mm. which is what we're seeking to do. Yeah, um, and also, can I just say, people that have passions in any of these areas, we just would love you guys to make yourselves known and absolutely you know rod was was sharing with us just on sunday after many of the services people came up and said
1: i want to help yeah we had connect cards galore people saying i want to be part of this mission team and that's just wonderful yeah, yeah. so good to hear yeah, yeah. and like at the
0: same time i just you know would love people who want to you know assist caring for those in need particularly in our church community not not just there but 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 we also would love to hear from you
1: yeah Sorry, i catch you off. Oh, one. that's fine. Yeah, one last thing this question. I think that one thing I want to say, in in some ways a tangent, but I think actually quite key to all this, I think that we often read these passages and we read about how the early church cared for widows and we just kind of gloss that as looking after all sorts of needy people, which I think is important in the end. But I think we also gotta remember that we have widows who are part of our church. There are, you know, particularly where I'm involved, you know, I spend a lot of time at morning church. I'm just very aware that, you know, maybe you're listening, maybe you're one of them. We do have... Uh, women in their church, in our church, who are widows. Um, we have widowers as well, men too, in, the, in that situation. And if the, the, you know, societies change, and maybe it's not exactly the same situation for people who, who've sadly lost their spouse, um, you know, materially maybe that there's okay, but there's still plenty of needs that people who are grieving the death of a spouse go through, and that, you know, that doesn't go away quickly. Like, I think we the church do need to have a particular care and uh, love for people who are in that situation. And maybe there's all sorts of practical things, like, for people who are younger who are widows, you know, helping care for children, whether they're young or teenagers or beyond, you know, think about how we can spend time uh, with those who've uh, gone into a, a, a lonelier season of life, like I think there's all sorts of things as a church for us to do to care for those who are widows, even in this day and age, yeah. so yeah. I commend that to us too. Amen. yeah. Yeah. Alright, a couple more as we uh, get towards the end here. Someone's asked, picking up on one of the lines from our draft vision statement, why does St Paul's want to raise risk-taking leaders? And what does that entail?
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Let me start with the the latter. Uh, What does that entail? Mm. And that is in this, being, I think, a leader of any, you call it a church or or anything. Actually, let me back up into Acts chapter 6 and 7. Because there was Stephen, a guy who took incredible risks to be faithful and fruitful by standing up before the Sanhedrin and seeking to help them understand Jesus. Mm. And in that case, in his case, that meant he ended up getting stoned to death. Yeah. Um, now, he is a risk-taking leader who was propelled by the Gospel to such a degree that he would be willing to take that form of action, which is really quite extraordinary. Mm. Um the modern day of might be I'm making this up, but going into the going into the law courts in town in the middle of a foyer, making this speech to point people to mm. you know Christ or or even in a far more hostile environment.
1: Yeah, it's
0: bold. Um, bold mm. and and that's risk taking.
1: Yeah, so it might be worth yeah. clarifying. Like, by risk taking leaders, we're not talking about you know leaders who like to down a couple of drinks before they jump in the car, you know, it's not that type of risk <laughs> we are talking about, just in case that's not clear, yeah. yeah, like, people who are willing to try things, I think is what we're saying, try like, things. not, you know, yeah. we can, we can be very risk averse in the sense that, oh, we're just going to do things the way we've always done them, because that's easy, like, to try new ideas, you know, maybe they won't work, maybe that it's all going to blow up, like, that will be bad, so let's not try anything, uh, yeah. we want to say the opposite of that, no, like, we've got to find new and creative ways to get the gospel out there, and that means taking risks, because yeah. it's not always going to cool. work, but... It's, it's worth a go, I think is what we're saying. Yeah,
0: means innovating, giving mm. things a go, being willing to pull back from things that don't work. Um, and just put 1 Corinthians 9 where Paul talks about becoming all things to all men so that by all possible means some may be saved. Yeah, That's the kind of thing we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes and amen. Alright, last one today. Uh, what are some practical ways that we can organise our prayer lives and clearly share the gospel and our testimonies? What a great question!
0: Yeah, excellent question. I think it's our last one, so a great one for us to finish on. Mm. Um, look, I, I, different people have different methods of prayer, um, and you know, one I know many have found helpful. There's a there's an app which I think is available on most devices called Prayer Mate. Yeah, and it it enables you to structure your prayer life. Mm. You you put in who you want to pray for, how often you can subscribe to feeds of other all kinds of organisations, you know, put prayer points up, maybe some Paul should do that in the future.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, and so many in a day and age where we walk around with phones and devices and all kinds of things, you can, there's there's something working in the modern age. Mm. Other people prefer more paper systems. Yeah. You know, and, and similar kind of thing written out manually and it, it can be as simple or as complex. I've heard of different people who have different things. Mm. Um, and so look, the the first end of that question, I think just to be, um, and I say this to myself as much as anyone, to be organizing, thinking about who I want to pray for and working out a a mechanism that works for me. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but the mechanism that works for me is going to be different for someone else. Mm. We we all just work a bit differently. So there's some self-awareness there. Yeah. And then clearly sharing the gospel and our testimonies, um, I think this came out actually in some of the mission spots on mm-hmm. Sunday. It was great. And and so just thinking about the next step, you know, at, at, at Night Church, Susan just had this question. You know, I'm looking for someone to read the Bible with me. Would you be interested? Just,
1: yeah,
0: you know... Good
1: to someone have Someone can line. say no to that. It's good to yeah. have a line. It's yeah. good to
0: just... What is the next step that you're looking for for mm. where you're at? Um, I, I personally find to think, you need to meet someone and share the gospel with them. It's too big. Mm. You need to, you know, break that down. So clearly, share the gospel in our testimonies. I just think a testimony comes into that, um, looking for the opportunity. So this is part of thinking what what's the next step.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, how was your weekend? Went to church. Heard a great sermon from Jack on Sunday morning.
1: Mm. Now. I'm glad you think it's great, Raj. Thank you. Yeah. Look, I didn't hear it because I was preaching <laughs> at
0: North Rocks, but. But I've heard lots of good things about it. I've read the <laughs> connect cards. Um, but there is just a way open,
1: yeah.
0: introducing something, and you say that two or three times, and eventually someone's going to say, "Why was that? Mm-hmm. Who is this Jack?" And and there's an opportunity not to talk about how wonderful Jack is, but to talk about how wonderful
1: Jesus is. That'd be much better. Yeah, thank you. Um, Jack is wonderful. We know that, but compared to Jesus, man, no, yeah, don't hold a candle. Anyway, yeah, look here, here you're
0: getting the testimony in, that then, you know, leads to the next step, and and having it, when the time comes, and it may not come at first, but when Mm -hmm. the time comes to have, an understanding, and for me, that's two ways to live. it, many of you will know, Mm -hmm. um, but there's other ones out there as well. Doesn't really matter which one, just pick one. But to have a framework to then explain the gospel. Mm. Um, at the right time, I think. Yeah, you know. So breaking it down into steps, praying because God gives the growth. God provides the opportunities. Um, yeah, they're, they're my thoughts, Jack. But
1: what would you oh, say? Oh, they're fantastic. Oh, I mean, not a lot to add. I think that um, getting the idea of getting organised is right. Like I think in all these things, um, if you uh, are well prepared, if you plan, I think these things go go better. I mean, Acts six, you know, the gospel propels us to organise the church. You know, I think you could kind of broaden that and see that now, our individual lives as well get organized so prayer life i think like really helpful way to get organized is have a time have a place and then have a system so for me it's i know i get up at six before the rest of my family is awake you know head to the, the brown leather couch in our living room sit down read the bible that's the time where i'm praying after that as well like you know don't um just leave it to chance like you know if you get in a habit where it's same time same place that's one of those things that helps you um get regular that kind of thing and yeah, everything else you said is super helpful as well. So hopefully there's some tips there that might help you to uh, see how living this gospel-propelled life actually works out just in the nitty-gritty of yeah, how we organise our lives because we want to be asking God to be at work. Yeah, absolutely. That's our question for today. Thank you so much for those who texted in. Uh, Raj. briefly, as we look to next Sunday, what are we looking to in the Word? Yeah, look, up? thank you. Um, a
0: big Sunday again this week. We're coming into 1 Timothy 6 um, at all the English-speaking congregations. And we're going to look at a topic that many, I think, find very challenging indeed, mm-hmm. and that is the topic of wealth and possessions. Mm-hmm. And one Timothy six has, it's it's really connected to Vision Month, and it's really tapping into something uh, that is very much a stumbling block to many of us. Um, we've talked about working together. We've talked about growing maturity is a big, you know, really important thing. Um, and, and so we want to talk about how to grow in the grace of generosity as 2 Corinthians talks about it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, I think you and I again this week, Jack. That's um, right. But we're going to begin in 1 Timothy 6 um, and just, we're going to be very open with people. We, in our vision book, uh, toward the end we talk about um, asking people to indicate how much they might give mm. to, to church and also think about a thanksgiving gift. It's that certainly is something that, that helps church but you know even more so and even more so um, I'm, I'm persuaded that it helps individuals to grow in this grace of generosity
1: yeah So looking forward to that Yeah. we are planning to have question time in our services as well so bring your questions we're looking forward to really getting into that together until then uh, and we'll see you on Sunday bye everyone